Deepening understanding and making connections. Hello, everybody. <laughs> You're listening to Indigo Radio on WBEWLP Brattleboro, 107.7 FM, your community radio station. We are deepening understanding and making connections on the air every Sunday at 1 o'clock. We're a group of educators seeking to learn through engaging with others in our community and throughout the world. Find us on social media platforms such as Facebook, Indigo Radio, Instagram, and SoundCloud. And Twitter. And Twitter. (laughs) Thanks, Nina. Um, I'm Becca, one of the co-hosts of Indigo Radio. And I'm Nina, an also co-host here at Indigo Radio. So what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the World Cup Um, in connection to our ongoing study of sports and politics. And um, we're really thinking about how sports can be used. Big platforms such as the World Cup can be used to not only expose um, contradictions in our world, the meaning by contradictions, meaning like the thing the forces that are at play or things that that don't make sense too uh, yeah and also very important is how to build on our common humanity yeah And, and so um nina i'm glad to be back here at indigo radio with you indeed and if you're listening we do have another show um that both beck and i did previously to talk more about um sort of sports in general and um and sports and politics and how people have used it historically. Um for example, Juan Carlos and and um and raising his fist. And so do check that out in our archives on SoundCloud or iTunes podcast or wherever you listen to your to to podcasts. Um, so Today, we're, we, not we, but you, Becca, so Becca's, we're calling in, or Becca's, like, in Morocco, and um, I'm here in the U.S., in Vermont, um, 
And she was able to interview a couple of people um, who are sports fans. Um, and they'll be talking about um, sort of their relationship and what they think about the role of sports, especially especially in a country where, you know, they have a team that um, that represents not just Morocco, but, you know, it, it's really adopted by many other, as one of your interviewees said, Becca Islam, um, as an underdog, right? So I think that's really exciting to, to learn more. Because as you, you know, Becca, I'm not a sports person. <laughs> so this has been kind of interesting to research. Nina, listening to our other show, I said, like, you know, I'm I was a former sports fan. I think I think I'm now a sports fan again. Like I oh. <laughs> um in our opening song, um, which we should tell is um uh by Lamia, this time for Morocco, and it's like playing off of Shakira's Waka Waka, it's time for Africa. Um and like even just watching this video in the opening, I almost had tears in my eyes because these last two weeks, you feel like you feel involved, like you feel invested in in the team and in the players' lives being in a place like Morocco, where really like people came together like I've never seen before mm-hmm. um, in like really joyously and really proud um, and really like it's uncovering like different narratives within society that people are now discussing. So it's not just the, um, the way that you see sports in the U S where it's like this unconditional allegiance without questioning. There's like, there's a different um, uh, it's a different level of political conversations that happen within sports around the world that I'm experiencing for the first time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think football and whatever we'll call it, soccer slash football, <laughs> wherever the listeners are, you know, I think being in the U.S., you think it didn't even exist, right? But then you go to a place like Morocco, anywhere else except the U.S., <laughs> if I might say, you know, soccer football is is so important and so big. Um, so yeah, so I think it, it is interesting and like, and just, you know, doing research on these different, like, for example, 30 for 30, the ESPN has a podcast right now about um, Iran. And um, I mean, even pre- previously to now, like in 1997, you know, where women wanted to go, but, you know, had struggles with the government, et cetera, et cetera. But there's just so many interesting like stories out there um, about, about, you know, soccer and, and as you said, like the narratives and how it might uncover it. So do we want to start um, our, in, our listening? Who's our first guest? Islam will be our first guest. Wonderful. So let's go to her interview now. Hello, Islam. Welcome to Indigo Radio. Hello. Thank you. Islam and I work together on education and ecology projects here in Sefro, Morocco. That's how we met. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've also been lucky enough to watch games together where Morocco, (laughs) with Morocco playing in the World Cup. (laughs) 
Oh my God. We can I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all part of life. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so Islam, tell me what has it meant to you as a Moroccan to have Morocco playing in the World Cup and to go as far as they did? For me, it is a pride that Morocco has advanced this much um, in the World Cup. It is actually the first like country in Africa in the Arab world to be in the semifinals of um, of this FIFA World Cup, which is really really huge. Um, it made us speak um, speak up who we are and let the world know that we are more than just um, a weak link in history or something like that. And it made us um, show um, the whole globe um, how much diversity we have. And we're really just so proud. And like, there is so much emotions going on, even though um, we left now. <laughs> uh, we're so happy because we made history and we had the right to dream again. And how, like, um, do you feel this sentiment is shared across Morocco? Like, describe what the, like, atmosphere has been like during these past matches. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. It was like a dream. Like, no one was believing what's happening because, like, we only heard from our parents what, the Moroccan team did in the past. So we were always like um, curious, what would it be like if something like that happened now? And we were lucky enough to to live this whole experience. So it was like a dreamy kind of thing. And um, everyone is happy. Even people like who had disagreements or stuff, you can see them um, dancing together, chanting together. And as a funny thing um, that happened yesterday, for example, during the game, there was two guys. Um, they started fighting because of, um, you know, like something happened between them. Mm -hmm. And then they remembered that they are cheering for the same team and they're mm -hmm. both Moroccans. <laughs> they started hugging mm -hmm. and they started chanting together. So this might show how people are really happy like and we were able to forget um somehow like the hardships of, of life and um no matter what ethnicity background you're coming from you're moroccan so whether you're amazigh because like morocco is more than just like an african or an arab country it's um it's a lot of ethnicities from africa from amazigh um and even more that we maybe do not know <laughs> yeah as you mentioned that there's a big debate going on of whether morocco should be re representing the arab world or the african world um and um, within it, sometimes it's, um, yeah, forgetting about the significance of what each of those things mean. So I was wondering if you could share a little of your thoughts around that. Mm, yeah, actually, like the whole focus was on whether Morocco is Arab or um, 
African country? Like, do we belong to Africa or the Arab world? And personally, I would say that we are, first of all, Amazigh people, then Africans, and then Arabs, because we're the mixture of all of this. And I personally believe that we don't only represent Morocco or just Africa or just Arabs. We um, can even represent every minority or every um, like weak link um, in the world or seen as weak link in the world. Mm -hmm. um, people who were marginalized, um, people who were like looked down uh, to like during the history or during the years. So as as you can as you can see or as everyone saw this um, last few days, Morocco has gained the support of many um, people around the world. It was not just Arabs. It was it was really beautiful to see people united in supporting um, a team from another country that probably they just knew that they exist. So <laughs> that was really beautiful. Mm, nice. Just switching gears slightly, there's um, a lot of things that are mm -hmm. often hidden behind, well, everything <laughs> in our world, but today our show is focusing <laughs> mostly on sports entertainment. And so I'm wondering like mm -hmm. how, how much um, those hidden factors or the human hidden costs behind the World Cup are being discussed and talked about here in Morocco? Um, it is definitely just like everywhere in the world, because I personally believe that sports or every entertainment field, it, like it is, and it should be more than just entertainment. Um, like um, people gather to um, speak up for themselves, to defend causes. Like, for example, we saw a lot of Palestinian flags during the World Cup. We saw a lot of Amazigh flags um we saw people defending the lgbtq community we saw a lot of things going on and it was just beautiful to see people having using actually the the gatherings of of such events to share like um their their thoughts and their beliefs like not beliefs i, I wouldn't say beliefs but like what um they stand for and what they think should be um, um, like talked about. Like the Palestinian cause, for example, many people just discovered what's going on um, during the World Cup and it was beautiful. It was really nice to see people um, seeing all what's happening and like becoming aware of what is going on. Um, also, the Amazigh uh, flags showed how many diverse, like how diverse is Morocco. So I think it is always important to have messages or causes to stand for and to communicate them in any occasion, not just sports. Mm. Thank you. Well, we still have You're one welcome. more match to watch Morocco. <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> they play Croatia. Um, somebody told mm -hmm. me it was great that um, Morocco was never like eliminated. So that's the big success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're happy like with everything we've been through. 
um, just seeing them like in the semifinals, like seeing people upset because we didn't make it to the finals was like um, kind of funny and sad at the same time because we never thought we would go that far. And now we are even sad that we didn't make it to the finals. So it's it's beautiful anyway. Yesterday, like after the game, people were celebrating anyway. So that's that's something we should be proud of. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Um, not really. I just want to say thank you very much for this um this radio show that you guys are doing. It is really um interesting and I love that you guys are interested in um what's going on in Morocco and even like um trying to see beyond the the sports like games and what's going on welcome back you're listening to indigo radio on wvew lp brattleboro yay and you're listening to indigo radio and that was islam um who becca interviewed in morocco um and could you um uh, becca could you I- i'm not sure our listeners might know amazir and she mentioned it several times. I wonder if you could break um, tell us a, a brief definition or or explanation. Yeah, I mean, Amazigh are the people who were living across in the Morocco, but also across North Africa before Arab colonization. Right. Um, and so it's like a big struggle now, um, always. But of course, like under any. In, in, in any colonized place, divisions amongst people were heightened. Yeah. Um, and so you, you have like the Arab colonization and then you have French colonization and Spanish colonization. And so and within at the same time, <laughs> there's divisions occurring. Um, but most people in Morocco, they like I read recently up to 60% have roots, Amazigh roots. Yeah. Although only like 20 to 30% speak still speak Amazigh as a language. And so there's a big push now, like um, the, what was the um, considered the Arab Spring in Morocco was the big push to have Amazigh recognized constitutionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's a push to be bringing, supporting like culture and language and um, even political thinking of Amazigh groups mm-hmm. in Morocco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Thank you. Um and I, and you know and your and Islam talked about football the the match and you know and bringing all these different people together. Um so it's really it is interesting. Um and and you know you mentioned earlier about this like incredible positive um feeling that you know that you've never experienced it seems like being in in a place where there's there's a team in the world cup Mm -hmm. not all teams get to the world cup but yeah i bet if you if one does it must be quite exciting um do we what song do we have next for well before we go to a song i wanted to share a few thoughts yeah Um, so one thing that I've noticed, I actually called my brother last night because I'm like, what's the reporting happening in the U.S.? I'm so like disconnected. Oh. Really like the algorithms of social media 
are like so strong. And now that I'm here and connected to different things, I'm getting like, um, what would be the, this region's algorithms. And so the debate that I'm hearing is so much around, um, I like, is Morocco Arab or African? Like we talked about, um, And I saw a post that somebody like was making fun of this debate. And it's like, I'm trying to sit and explain to somebody that um, the white people are Africans and the black are Europeans. And they're referencing the game between Morocco and France. And French's team is over 50% of African descent. Oh. And, And so there's a debate of like... And so I feel like one of the things that I wanted to mention is that like there, it is solely based on identity politics and not like a historical understanding of the social creation of race. And so even when, and even like the struggles of LGBTQ, Mm -hmm. um, where everybody like the elites of the world are like pointing their fingers at Qatar. Yeah. Uh, But no, no, like nobody was killed as an LGBTQ. And at the same time, they're pointing their fingers like, or let me rephrase. I don't know if that's true. So let me rephrase it. At the same time, they're pointing their fingers at discrimination in Qatar. Gay people in the U.S. and trans people in the U.S. were being shot down in a club. And so um, Mm -hmm. I think even the like what we're seeing is political conversations that are happening are so superficial and based on identity politics that mm-hmm. they're um, not really addressing the underlying concerns of like, why, what does it mean that at people of African descent are now in France? Why, why right. is like 14 out of the 26 players on Morocco's team were either born outside of the U S or currently, I mean, born outside of Morocco or currently living outside of Morocco. Mm. So within that, there's the historical conversations of migration need to be happening. Mm -hmm. And often the conversation is being so controlled, even when it's seen as like, ah, this is great. We're bringing up these, these important issues, which I believe should be happening. The analysis is really superficial and, the people, the um, the wealthy are still benefiting from the global social order that exists. Oh, yeah. And so these conversations are like wiggling within the consciousness of people. They're moving things within the consciousness of people for sure, but they're not going far enough in understanding um, to really change the way things are happening. And that's clear just with... Um, the construction of the World Cup in Qatar. Right? Mm-hmm, $20 billion were spent on new construction of infrastructure that was all built by migrant laborers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're critiquing Qatar through this lens of Orientalism as well, as if the U.S. was not constructed in the same way. Right. So the expectation is that the U.S. can have a capitalist development on the backs of poor people and migrants. But if somebody else does it in the world, all of a sudden the elites again are pointing their fingers while they're making money from it. The U S the construction companies in Qatar are from the U S. Some of them. Yeah. 
And so there's so many elements at play here, Nina, that are not being addressed. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I just think that like the, the conversations that have started to come about because of the world cup need to continue and need to be in the lens of like, not only understanding our world, but also disrupting mm -hmm. the current forces that are creating this global inequality. Great. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, yeah, it's interesting that the, um, oh, this show that, that you recommended the podcast, um, sports as a weapon, you know, they, they really analyzed this through the lens of Orientalism and they brought up, you know, that all these, I think they, I think they use the term white, you know, meaning like American dominant America and wherever Australia, Europe, you know, um, are all up in arms because Qatar is, is exploiting essentially. But then, you know, for example, South Africa, not a peep, right? Like they, they didn't say anything when um, South Africa was still under apartheid. Um, and, and people, some people were, were, um, were boycotting, um, mm -hmm. the, the, I think it was the Olympics that was there, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, I mean, so many contradictions, right? Um, and again, contradiction, meaning that things that don't add up or things that like are just sort of butt up against each other in this way um, that are inconsistent. Um, and also just a lot of um, mystification too, right? I mean, like you said, the U.S. pointing fingers, but really hiding, you know, its own imperial agenda or imperial imperialism. Mm -hmm. so. And I think... Like, I always just feel like it's important to say that while we're calling out the hypocrisy, it uh, we're also standing against the exploitation of the workers uh, anywhere yeah. in the world. Um, and what happened in Qatar, like more people were killed constructing this new city in the desert. Like, don't even talk about like the yeah. the problems of that with a yeah. huge... Yeah carbon emission that they're calling a green city because it has solar power. Mm. Um, but more workers were killed than players played in the world cup. And that right. is like, mm. yeah, the human, cost, the human cost of putting on these big global events of the world cup and the Olympics um, mm -hmm. are, are horrific. <laughs> and um yeah, it's, I think it's an important conversation. What do we do about that? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, so our next song, Nina, I'm like feeling a little ashamed is like the official FIFA World Cup song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about this horribleness, but um, this is uh, one of those. Um, yeah, this is the official FIFA World Cup song that we're going to play next. Here we go. Okay.
Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on WBEWU FM 107.7. And we're we're here every Sunday uh, at one o'clock if you want to listen to us live. Um, Or you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes podcast, or actually, I believe wherever you find, wherever you listen to um, podcasts. Um, I don't, (laughs) typically we don't play songs like this on our show, but, you know, we're sort of watching the video and I, I just having all these thoughts go through my head, especially based on like what we just talked about, you know, I'm looking at this, oh, you know, so there's, um, BTS, right, which is a South, who, I don't know, I forgot um, the, the name of the singer, but, you know, so you have this multicultural, happy world, you know, so diverse, right, which is great, I mean, right, on that level, well, that's really wonderful, but then I keep thinking, oh my gosh, at the same time, like, <laughs> it's like a false consciousness, um, because, you know, in what ways does that image really reflect the reality of people's lives and and does it does it like soothe people um instead of getting them to to be a bit more critical as you were saying earlier that we need to be having these deeper conversations because you know of of lives lost because of these things and so yeah um <laughs> that's all I about when I was yeah. watching the video it's beautiful but wow <laughs> it's it's really well put I'm watching I'm like noticing within myself this like like we are like the the part that's the chorus is like I am pick I'm literally picturing Nina the players from Morocco and their stories and they're the dreamer like at the same time I'm like you know this is like it's amazing that there is um like Arab men with the head covers singing a lot, like singing this pop song. Like I love the, how it's just like, it's, it's, it's pushing at some level within an entertainment industry, this song. Yeah. Um, But yeah, well, very well put (laughs) uh, your critique. And I just wanted to share that I was thinking um, like in preparing for this show that what if, like, I think I'm I'm thinking like how do we get to this point that one day um the hosts of the World Cup are under so much scrutiny or the World Cup itself is under so much scrutiny that it's not like that places like um that uh, the hosts win the bid to ho- to have the World Cup based on their upholding of like dignity and I'm using the content, the language of the world right now of human rights, <laughs> dignity and human rights. If there was so much pressure and we could build so much like global solidarity that um, the best labor practices become the ones who get to host a World Cup. Like this is like my imagination of like the World Cup. You told me this. The World Cup exists and it will continue to exist. So that would be like something that I would push for and work towards in mm. uh, in not in as a, an end but as a <clears throat> stepping stone i would imagine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. although so, <laughs> you know i mean because we're such a globalized economy is there such a thing as as one place 
because that would mean that yeah you know how much of production happening in one place is quote unquote you know non-exploitative but I see what you're saying like you know and I don't I can't even name a country um to be honest with you um that that would fit that bill but yeah Yeah. I, I you know Sure. Well, I was thinking of it in the opposite. Like I was listening to um, one of the Democracy Nows uh, about, it was about um, both the greenwashing and the sports washing. And this term sports washing was new to me mm-hmm. um, in that like when um, when Russia hosted the World Cup in 2018, mm-hmm. Putin got like Putin's... Um, what is it called? Like public support raised to 86% within oh. Russia because yeah. he was standing up against the West and the Western values. Right. And so the, like the people who are like the ways that like, how do we move these types of events back to being about the people and not about um, wealthy, making more wealthy off the backs of the people. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally way. agree with you, you know, and and I think it's it's so complex, you know, um, and and <laughs> being uh, I don't know why I'm not a sports person, but, you know, so I I look at it more like from the outside. Um, and so, you know, when I was listening to I, I to research this show, like I listened to different podcast like you know ESPN 30 for 30 which I actually like that's the one sports show I will listen to because it's about stories of people and so right now they're doing um a show on Iranian women um and their struggles you know to to even just go and see the game but there's also a show um called Barefoot Boys you know um about uh I think yeah, they're Bengali um, football players, uh, you know, who played against the British. And um, yeah, and, and I, you know, as you're saying, like, I don't know, it, I'm going to just bring in my lingering question, if you don't mind, <laughs> because I, I do have, you know, I, I think it's so inspiring, right, to see, um, for example, listening to the Barefoot Boys and and, you know, the lady, the host um, was like, you know, these 11 men showed India um, that they they can throw the yoke of colonialism off that, you know, that it is possible. So it was very, you know, symbolic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I think that symbolism, you know, is is sometimes necessary, I think, to to. Um, to harness, I guess, you know, we've talked together, you know, offline about like harnessing this energy. How do you harness all this like amazing energy to, to make those changes? Um, You know, the structural changes. So we don't have a world that exploits humans in the way that it does at the moment. Um, Right. And, and, and I see that value of, you know, I think a lot of the, the, um, let's just say football, soccer, you know, elicits a lot of nationalism, um, which for me in my mind is very double-edged because it can do that as it did for like the barefoot boys or what it's doing now for for women in Iran. Um, 
but then I also think about um what then, right? You you throw the the yoke of colonialism off and what's next? Like what's the, you know, what's the next struggle? Um and I also think about like principled and unprincipled in terms of like, you know, for example, like John Carlos and Tommy Smith and and also the the one the guy from Australia, Peter Norman, right? That their actions were very principled. They knew what they were doing and they use symbolism too, um, you know, versus like a unprincipled harnessing of energy like this. Um, so yeah, I, I I have a lot of like questions and and I think it's it's a very interesting um topic or, or like you know think think about in terms of sports because like if you're a teacher you know and young people like they love like this this could be this could be uh, um a great starting point for different kinds of critical conversations about society um with the sports being that entry point mm -hmm. Nina I think that's a great segue into our next interview <laughs> Hello and welcome to Indigo Radio, Jawad. <laughs> so uh Jawad is here with us today as a old time sports fan. <laughs> um and now I could say maybe reinvigorated with the um the World Cup this year and and Morocco in general, the team. So can you tell us a little bit about the significance to you and other Moroccans to have the Atlas Lions and their success in this World Cup? Okay, uh, as any Moroccan, uh, there is a kind of feeling of pride that's, uh, you know, in sports, in soccer, like in, in the world, there is like first word and third word. That's what interests me the, the most. And it's kind of a revenge from the from the third world, which called in soccer the outsiders. So Morocco as an outsider is what they realize is something like like miracle. Mm -hmm. Like an outsider coming to compete with the great soccer nations mm -hmm. who are like Argentina, Brazil, France, England, Belgium, Spain, Portugal. That's what we call the great nations. Morocco is in soccer is a, a small nation. They were even not attend to to realize like the qualification to the the what we call the the elimination rounds. More than this, they they succeed to get like the first in their group then um to win all the matches until the semi-final which what we call the the great four in soccer the, the last the last four we we call them like the the golden four or the great four teams so for sure there is a kind of feeling as a moroccan feeling of pride feeling of revenge and that reminds me the times 
when Argentina, for example, was was considered like like an outsider uh, until uh, some great soccer players uh, start to play for Argentina, like Campes and then Maradona, and now we see Messi. Uh, more than this, there is a, a psychological impact on society. So it's, as you know, the Moroccan needs this kind of of psychological boosts to consider themselves. Like it, it's it's kind of the wall of the impossible to destroy. So the Moroccan team destroyed this kind of the impossible wall to say, yeah, yes, we can. <laughs> uh, and you can see in the streets, you can see in the people's faces this joy, but also this um, expression of hope. That's, the, that's what's for me the most important, is when, when sport, soccer can give hope to all society. And that's the most important. That's why I'm supporting Morocco. So there's a, yeah, me too. That's why I'm supporting Morocco as well. <laughs> yeah, you, there's something that's very interesting. Like you can see like how the majority of people uh, accept those whom their teams are still like competing, like all the eliminated um, teams, their supporters, they go to the side of Morocco. So you can also analyze this like people, they want to support the outsiders. They, it's beautiful to support someone or, or a team that makes surprise. It means that in the deep, deep like mindset, we are naturally like for justice. Mm. This is something like linked to to the justice that uh, make this feeling like grow up, not only with the Moroccan, but but with all the other supporters. Mm. If like a Colombian or English or or like for example Arab world, they're supporting. Like logically, there is like Argentina is is really one of the best teams, and France is one of the. But people will support Morocco because, yeah, they want justice in this world. Mm. So, so Morocco team becomes like a representative of justice. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of people like are starting to see themselves, quote unquote, within Morocco. Mm. So I have yeah. people, friends from all over the world on Facebook who have posted like, like someone, a friend from Indonesia posted, we are all Moroccans. And it's like a really beautiful slogan. It's for me, it's beyond the like debate of like uniting Arabs or uniting Africans. When you see, you know, that's a little bit like cliche to say beyond borders, we're united by this identity. But it's like what I'm seeing is something deeper, uh, more, yeah. more meaningful than that of like connecting the human experience outside of these constructed identities yeah i think i think that uh, i'm giving like percentage but it's just spontaneously uh, 
I think like there is more than 90% of the people in the world suffering from injustice. So, so it's an emotional support. It's become like how how game became representative of our reality of of everyday reality. So it's it's normal. Uh, I think it's normal. And but the some people still need to give like shape or a title like the support as an African, as Muslims, as Arabs, as. But I think it's that's not the first thing that comes to to them. Because we can see people like supporting from Scandinavian countries, from Austria, from Americas. Uh, yeah, um, in discussion, I can tell you some, like why Maradona, for example, is a player who was, a, for me, is the most talented player in history of soccer. But more than this, Maradona, for example, um, was so popular even if he was like um at a moment of his life at drug addicted or uh, has some like um, struggles with the justice and uh, very he has like very very hard life but he's still representing like this uh iconic image of of a hero of third world hero because someone coming from the poorest neighborhood in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, who played for Boca Juniors, and Boca Juniors is is the like the the team of poor people. How someone coming from there um, decided to to like to play soccer and not in a great team like Barcelona. Uh, no, by the way, he played like for two years for Barcelona, for what we call the capitalist teams, like Barcelona, Madrid, uh, Paris, uh, Milan. But in a moment, he decides something really crazy to play for for the outsider of outsider, for Napoli, which was like the poorest, one of the poorest cities in, in Italy, to play for them. And take them to win the Italian championship, the Italian cup, and to win the European Champions League. Uh, so now, for example, people can go to Napoli and visit the city. There is everywhere something of Maradona there, like pictures, statues. Uh, he's like a god there. Because he's the one who went against the capitalization of soccer. Like, for sure, we can recognize the talents of Messi and Ronaldo now, but they, they're very talented. They're like one of the best players in history of soccer, but they, people look at them like machines, like they still like, Great athletes, they can't say like bad words. They when they talk, they talk like under like supervision of much of their managers. But Maradona was someone very spontaneous in his actions. Like he was also very spontaneous in his way of playing, very creative, a magician. But also outside the stadium, he was someone 
who can like go play in the streets with the people, can also support uh, some political causes. Like he, he, he has an opinion. Uh, he did very, very stupid things, but as a human, a spontaneous <laughs> human being, but also he did very like great genius actions. So that's what, for example, now we miss in some, uh, in, in let's call it like in some soccer players' profile. Mm. So Morocco, we can say, for example, there was like some images of some players bringing their moms, their families to stadium, uh, and we can see that it's very spontaneous. Uh, anyway, in the beginning, I think it's something very spontaneous, then it becomes maybe not, but for sure, in the beginning was something very spontaneous. So people recognize themselves in this kind of, uh, and that's what we missed since Maradona retired from soccer. Like uh, after playing like machines in, in the field, like to show how, how human we are. Mm. after all and that's what was like one of the most political moments in this world cup is the the players after after the game yeah with their families the like it, moroccan goalie bono who brought his son to play on the field afterward yeah and... yeah. yeah people people did come to see competition you know uh, but also to to see humans because people recognize this is something Greek that we call the the mimesis. The mimesis means like uh, one of its meaning. It's like you like some art, you like some creativity uh, because you recognize yourself in it. And FIFA industry, uh, most of the time. Makes like soccer become after Maradona makes like soccer become um, distant, like like just look and watch how genius are the players, and that's all. Hmm. Yeah, I mean they're trying to remove the political and social context from yeah. the sport in general. Um, you know, with and they've. I would say they failed to do that this World Cup. <laughs> they tried and tried and tried at the beginning with banning the like one love yeah. armbands, making it like no political, like trying to remove politics from sports. Yeah. And by doing so, they made it even stronger, I think. Yeah, but you can comp make com like comparison between like the games where, for example, great nations were playing like um, the game france england they have players like in the in the industry totally in the industry and the game where like <coughs> morocco was playing because what people don't know is that the moroccan players they're still even if they are like stars and also most of them they are very known in the world playing for some great clubs but they have, they still have this kind of uh, link or relationship with supporters. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there was huge uh, 
members of Moroccan supporters of Qatar played a very big role to to keep them what I call humans, like spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Because someone like <coughs> uh, like Unahi, for example, or or Hakimi, uh, he you can see him like in social network having conversation with supporters, people, like explaining to them what's happening. And so the, there is still this, the distance, I would say the distance between this stars, like the, the players and their supporters, the people, mm-hmm. is not that far. Like you can see between a French player or Argentinian player and their supporters. And that uh, comes from a little bit the context of the clubs around the world in places like Morocco, where like places like Barcelona and Real Madrid, I think you're starting to get at this, are more wrapped up with the industry, FIFA-like, mm. right? But can you, most people don't know about the significance of like club sports outside of the World Cup. And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that, specifically, like about Morocco's Raja <coughs> club. Like, yeah, uh, that's true. Like, uh, even if they try to be clubs, like like the big clubs, like Barcelona or Madrid, um, what's still, I, what I can tell, like still not not in the industry are the supporters in Morocco. They, what we call the ultras. The ultras, they are very creative. For example, they are very aware to what's happening in the world. Like they make, when supporting, you can hear some support to Palestine, uh, support to, um, uh, I forgot the name, in what's happened in, in China, the, the region. Yeah. We are a lot of Muslims who are killed. Uh, Angkor? No. I forgot. Hmm. Angkor. Uh, in Arabic, I think it's this. Or, or for example, yeah. but, but also internal struggles, like uh, how life became expensive. This, they make the sounds about corruption. Uh, and the players are are very receptive to this. So it's the stadium. It's also a space where you can uh, send some political message to, yeah, to the government, to the FIFA, to, so, like like Raja in Morocco or Widad or also uh, Far. They are like very famous clubs here in Morocco. They, they play a very, very huge role in the political life in Rome. Like someone who wanna be want to be elected in Casablanca, he he has like politicians will try to seduce the Raja supporters because it's a big, 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 big community. But this really happened because one of the conditions to be supported in the ultras is not to mix with with the politician game 
we can tell about uh, the struggles of the people of of the nation, but we refuse to be a part of the like we are politic without being politicians. Mm -hmm. That's how how they define themselves. Like we can like be the voice of the people but we will not get involved in uh, you know the aliens with politicians to take one side on the other side mm. i don't know if you understand right yeah i understand and i um i really like listening to the chants from these games uh, especially like this one um that it's like in english it translates to i was oppressed in my own country and it's talking about um like how we've been killed by drugs and made like orphans and you discouraged yeah. youth you destroyed them with drugs you sold our country wealth and gave it to foreigners yeah. you know and i know so this song because it was like uh, one day the government wants to to cancel all the ultras Mm. And they made this like it's a way to tell like it's you who who encourage people to take drugs. It's not the ultra because the one of the reasons like this ultras they yeah they are drugs dealers. They are like. Um, like violent because it's happened like some some violent incident between between the ultras and the police mm. uh, not now but this happened in like t six years ago so it was an answer from sport that's that's the, yeah to 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 give to to condemn like the the first gov the first responsibility is the government it's not us and also to remind them the situation in morocco about the huge um, difference between rich people and poor people and also about jobless about like you know all the all the you know society struggles like of every day mm. and this was like this song becomes like song of algerian supporter even if this if the, it comes from rajawi supporters so they're algerian modify like the same song but modified to the Algerian context, then Jordanian, then Egyptian took it and modified to their own context. So it becomes like one song that unifies all the, uh, like, yeah, all the people in, in anyway, in the, in the Arab world. But I heard there is another Brazilian version and Argentine version. So this kind of ultras songs it's it's a way to unify the people and to remind that we are we are instead of being like argentinian or moroccan or egyptian we're same in same um, yeah we see in moroccan we are we are all in the same box mm. and so if if football is the sport of the people and um you know there's the between the the push and pull between football the sport of the people rooted in 
communities, especially poor communities. And then yeah. something like the World Cup where billions of dollars are spent and billions of dollars are made. How do we start to make something like the World Cup be about the people again? Uh, I don't know, but me, I'm just an observer. I don't know. I I can tell how, but like to make you understand more what's the impact. I don't know if, uh, for example, in the in the show business by the seventies, for example, there is the appearance of someone called Bob Marley. So if can you imagine what was Bob Marley worldwide? The impact of Bob Marley. That's the impact of, like there was when Bob Marley appears, there was like, uh, it was very nice music band. Rolling Stones, uh, Pink Floyd, uh, or uh, I forgot. But someone like Bob Marley from Jamaica, from a small country, from third world, appears and talented, but also changed the speech, the way how to talk about people. That gives a kind of hope to people that that's what interests me the most. When someone come from the march to the center, and impose its own vision, its own identity, way of thinking the world, but also its his own way of making people go to the living together, that we are all united. In sports, it's like the same when when there is some. Uh, some points of hopes that appears in the history of soccer like uh someone we can also i can give an example of, of someone also in in a big nation like england uh where people were shaped to play soccer in one way and someone like george best appears is from poor neighborhoods uh in a great nation of soccer like England at the time, I think it was the 60s or 70s, and came and so people start to see someone who, after uh, after game, used to go with them to the bar to have to chill to uh, also supporting all the all people manifesting in in settings, having a political point of view, supporting like. Uh, yeah, people from the ground. There's also, as I told you before, how Maradona came to soccer and changed all kind of vision of how to make sport, how to how to play, and why I play, and uh, for who I'm playing. Mm. It's something that we. We we miss today in soccer and especially in World Cup, and that's the most important thing. That's the broken team, in my opinion, represents for people now. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I can tell. 
yeah, I can't answer your question. I, I, I'm just observing things and they are, mm, and having small analyze about how from now, for example, what, what will interest me more is I'm waiting, for example, what will be the next reaction of FIFA? Because in the history of FIFA, every time when when something like this happened, that's a little bit disturbs the 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 vision of FIFA. For sure, you will see in the next year some FIFA decisions to make it difficult to some countries like Morocco to attempt that, like for example, the last four. Hmm. I'm expect I, I'm 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 expecting something. Like some decision will happen. Well, we are we have to wrap it up. Do you want to add anything as your last words before we end today? Oh, good luck for Morocco and all other countries like Morocco. Dima <laughs> Thank you for talking with Indigo Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio. Um, Becca. Yeah, I just want to end the show with, um, I think that there, um, there's always so much to uncover and so much um, more depth that we can go to really understand the relationships between people between nations mm-hmm. um and in the end the ultimate goal is to form solidarity um across the world mm-hmm. in opposing the things that uh harm people and supporting the things that um will create more justice in this world absolutely and, the World Cup is one avenue to have this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all an ongoing thing, you know, all of it. As we as we create history day to day. Mm-hmm. So, all right. All for Indigo Radio today. Tune in next week, Sundays at 1 p.m. on WVEW Brattleboro's Community Radio. Thanks, Nina. Thank you.